Hey there, podcast listener. Steven here from the podcast you're currently listening to. You ever heard a podcast and think, I can do that? Well, maybe you can, or maybe you can't, or maybe I can help you get started with it. Hosting is the most expensive cost you'll have in a podcast, and that's why Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast. Really, they have everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. With Anchor's hosting, you can distribute your podcast to other listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a whole lot more. And if you think you can do a better job than I, record a podcast right now. There's very low risk involved. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome to the Lazy Geeks Network. Everybody to the Lazy Geeks podcast here on the Lazy Geeks Network, our weekly news podcast that discusses news that interests us from the past week. This is for the week of November twentieth, two thousand sixteen. I'm Stephen Vargas. I'm Adam Riley. Um, so really quick, right off the top, um, two things actually. Uh, one, sorry for the voice; it sounds a little weird. I may cough through it. I'm just kind of getting over a voice thing. I'm trying to suck down on all these. Uh, uh, <laughs> cough drops and shit just try to keep my voice from not being worse tomorrow because we're doubling up on shows today which I was like great of all times to get it it's this one uh, we we did the uh, the away team show and this one now so to lay out for you for over the holiday weekend and also we won't be we won't be doing a show next Monday simply because we always record on Sunday but it's a Thanksgiving holiday so figure fuck it nothing really happens Thanksgiving week either like it's a slow fucking news week. It's so. a slow everything. Like everybody's <laughs> either shopping or eating. They're not worried about anything else. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so yeah. So uh, that's pretty much it. So sorry for sorry in advance. Um, now go. No in- problem. Just don't let it happen again. <laughs> and this will happen again in a month. So, um, all right. So first thing off, I want to talk about is. You know, many of us were hoping for a Justice League Dark film, which originally had Guillermo del Toro attached to direct. But when he left the project, it seemed all but dead. Instead, we got ourselves an animated feature with an R rating, but with Matt Ryan returning to voice the character of John Constantine. Yes. Again, with DC fearful that no one will pick it up alone, they had to add Batman to the mix to make sure people will pick up the movie. Uh, Justice League Dark will be available via digital download on January 24th, 2017 for $19.99 in HD and $14.99 in SD and will eventually come out on Blu-ray with no time listed. 
You can also pick up a Blu-ray gifts deluxe gift set for $39.99, which will come with a John Constantine figure. Collider is listing some extras and sneak peeks at the Teen Titans, the Judas Contract, Justice League, Gods and Monsters, and Justice League Doom featurettes on Swamp Thing, the New York Comic Con panel, Constantine and Dead Man, and two episodes from the DC Vault, Dawn of the Dead Man, and Trials of the Demon from Batman the Brave and the Bold. Along with Ryan as Constantine, Jason O'Mara as Batman, Camelia Ludington as Zantana, Nicholas Tutoro as Deadman, Chase, Ray Chase as the Demon uh, Etrigan, and Roger R. Cross as Swamp Thing will contribute to the voice acting. Uh, here's the synopsis. You can actually see the, um, the trailer for it on the website, lazygeeks.com. Uh, when innocent civilians become begin committing unthinkable crimes across Metropolis, Gotham City, and beyond, Batman must call upon the mystical counterparts to eradicate the demon threat to the planet. Enter Justice League Dark, reluctantly led by Hellblazer himself, John Constantine. Like Batman, Constantine is a cunning, often cynical loner who is best at his chosen profession, but quickly realizes the sinister forces plaguing the planet will require help from other supernatural alliances. Forming a new league, the, the sorceress Zantana, a otherworldly dead man, and Jason Blood and his p powerful alter ego, Etrigan, the demon, this team of the dark arts specialists must unravel the mystery of Earth's supernatural plague and contend with the rising powerful villainous forces behind the siege before it's too late for all mankind. Dun. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. dun. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, I'm looking forward to it. You know, I, I really like anytime you can get Matt Ryan back as Constantine. I think it's always a good time. Yep. Um, I remember when I was watching, like it was like earlier this year. They were they had like a um, you know those behind the scene ones where they were talking to people about the casting and stuff like that. And they were like, the guy goes, "Well, when we did this movie, we only had Matt Ryan in mind for Constantine. Like that's it. That we didn't have as, anybody as else they should. as they should, as right?" They should. Although they didn't get, you know, Kevin Conway for Batman, but I guess we can be all right with Jason O'Mara. They can't be perfect. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what are you really going to do? Right, you know? exactly. So, all right. So I guess on that note, we'll jump into our one awesome thing. Yep. All right. So early this last week, a cheerful character from a popular cartoon series, SpongeBob SquarePants, made a trip to Russia. The Soviet-era star on top of a building of the western Russian city of Voronezh had been repurposed. I mean, in 2000, it's 2016. So someone had the brilliant idea that the it should be changed to Patrick, the lovable character from SpongeBob SquarePants. According to the government-funded news site, uh, he could st face a stiff penalty. Quote, while social media users have were quite amused with the stunt that surfaced online. Vorozhnesh police were not so entertained. Now the fans of the U.S. animated series, if found, could face 15 days in detention. Though building in the southwest city is not considered a memorial, but it has a Soviet symbol, Proman Ponzoni, an official from Voronezh, Vor Voronezh Central District, told uh, the... Ira Novetsi, 
restoration works may cost the city up to 100,000 rubles or in American dollars, 20 bucks. No, I'm just kidding. It's 1,500 bucks in American dollars. Uh, a poll under the photo <laughs> um, in one of Russia's online communities showed that most people around 60% found the stunt funny, while 39 said it was an act of vandalism and should not go unpunished. Most likely, probably, uh, you know, death sentence. Older people think it wasn't funny and younger people thought it was funny. Exactly. <laughs> or people that don't give else. a shit or don't give a shit, you know? Right. Like, you know what? I don't fucking care. <laughs> <laughs> I was two when the when the Russian Federation, when the Soviet Union fell, so I don't care. <laughs> like, whatever. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, mine's a real simple one. Just be, And you know what? It's simple, but <laughs> so important. So important. Uh, Teach your children about tests. this. Teach your children right. about this. So we know that um, the Xbox One has a lot of Xbox 360 games that are backwards compatible. Um, and you can buy them digitally, of course. Or you, if you have the disc, um, you can just pop the disc in. Basically, you just pop the disc in and it downloads the fucking game. Right. Um, but you need the disc then. So if you're a disc person, you like the discs, which I kind of do for console games. I like to have them displayed, like, look at my games. Yeah. You know? Um, they are now going to start because selling Because it's a Xbox. little harder to masturbate when you're scrolling through your exactly. collection on the game, yeah. Exactly. Plus it ruins the controller. Um, they're not, <laughs> oh, oh. not going um, to start uh, selling the backwards compatible Xbox 360 games in Xbox One cases. Nice. Um, now, the only difference is same exact case, same color, everything. The only difference is at the top of the case in the front where it says xbox one it will say hey will say xbox one but also say xbox 360 so if it's slid into a into a bookshelf you're not going to see it so this now your games won't look all fucking weird it will all just look here's my xbox collection right um which i know it sounds dumb but it's important now there there's quite a few out there out there that i'm sure get it yeah you know it's important and the other ones that don't get it are the ones that I, I download my game, so I don't fucking care. I don't. I've never. I haven't bought a game in the last twenty years. Fuck you. you the ones who don't get it are fucking pieces of shit. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. Wow. Okay. I know it sounds dramatic, but it isn't. Okay. But it really this is. is. Real, this is real shit. <laughs> Fuck everything else you know in life. This is this is it. This is the important thing. This is what we're doing. All exactly. Right. This is bigger than global warming. This is bigger than, you know, who won the election. Right. You know, this is bigger than everything. Everything you're saying right now is 100% accurate. Oh, I know. So That's why I'm saying it. Right. I just want to make sure everyone is aware of that. Right. So. <laughs> All right. So. I got real serious for a second. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, listen. Get your shit together. Okay. We're not, to, we're not trying to tell you that this is everything, but this is everything. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you this is everything, but this is everything. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, all right. On that note, I think it's time we uh, jump into some headlines. The rumors can finally be put to rest. 20th Century Fox's Deadpool 2 has gotten itself a director, according to The Hollywood Reporter. John Wick's co-director David Leitch will be behind the wheel for the first in a pair of sequels for the potential franchise. Even though it was just confirmed this week, the studio is still continuing its search for the director of Deadpool 3, which will be, which will be interesting to see if this, if it's the second part of a story that will be a two-parter, which I hate. 
or yeah. just simply a third another third adventure so how many directors is going to go through <laughs> i'm just kidding until, <laughs> until this one goes until this guy goes bug it i'm done i'm out bug it yeah it's uh and, it's, and then uh it's like let's let's travel into the future deadpool lost this other director this makes those five directors in the last two months <laughs> motherfucker <laughs> like dicks what the fuck are you doing at 20th century you know another company that's fucking up what other company's fucking up amc uh-huh. that also includes imax yeah. because amc owns them Ticket prices are for ticket prices for high-profile Hollywood movies may soon rise as AMC Entertainment explores the possibility of variable ticket pricing. Yay! <laughs> According to the Hollywood Reporter, AMC CFO Craig Ramsey said uh, the company is considering a more flexible price structure after its recent acquisition of Odeon, Odeon and UCI <laughs> Cinemas. Uh, during flexible a- for who? for them (laughs) during a session at the mkm partners entertainment leisure and consumer technology conference that sounds not fun yeah um ramsey noted the acronym (laughs) (laughs) ramsey noted that odeon and uci cinemas quote are further advanced in variable pricing where tentpole movies are priced up on release release uh, end quote, which is sometimes something AMC has discussed and considered implementing in the United States. We expect to learn a lot with what they've done. We think it will position us to start having these conversations about pricing opportunities in the U.S., he added. To the, fir- the future of IMAX has also, was also mentioned at the conference with company CEO Richard Gelfond discussing its new partnership with ABC and Marvel to screen the first two episodes of Inhumans exclusively in IMAX. Oh, I guess IMAX isn't part of the AMC thing. I'm sorry. They just had something to do with it before the series television debut next fall. We're not, we're not betting the farm, but it's real money. And if the series works, we're going to make a lot of money. <laughs> I like that guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, he just keeps shit simple. Also, IMAX is thinking about doing something with VR, um, which I'm not going to read. Just now you know that. Um, yeah, AMC sucks. Like for real, dude. Variable pricing. You already charge I, twenty bucks for a small little bag of chips. It's like how much fucking more let's money? Let's do some. If it's gonna be variable pricing, let me do some variable. Right. Let me pick. Yeah. It's just ridiculous right now. Jesus, I know. Why? Why? Well, it's like I went to like you know because um I went to go see Doctor Strange a couple weeks ago and uh, right. I got you know tickets for. Saturday show? Yeah, Saturday night show. Not IMAX. It's just standard. Cost me nearly 50 bucks just for three people. Nope. Yeah, it's like fucking A, dude. Come on. And then went to Jersey Mike's before that to eat, to get a reasonable price dinner. <laughs> but did you, though? I did. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I've actually ne- I've actually never been to Jersey Mike's, so I don't know. It's pretty good. It's better it. than Subway, I think. That, I mean... I can make a sub better than Subway. <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, all right. So, StarWars.com announced this week that Game of Thrones actress Amelia Clark has joined the cast of the standalone mm. Han Solo movie. She joins Aldrin uh, Enric and Donald Glover in the upcoming film. No word yet as to what her character, what character she will be playing, but we know it will not be Princess Leia. 
So the film is being directed by Philip, Phil Lord and Christopher Miller from the Lego movie for release in 2018. She joins me in my dreams. <laughs> get out of my dreams <laughs> and get and into my car. <laughs> they, they don't know me at work. You know, it's bumping like that fucking new rap and shit and you right. just come over and i got that 80s shit on i'm talking <laughs> 80s pop 80s metal i don't give a fuck there you go <laughs> that was music fun. died in the 80s <laughs> we were uh at work we have um uh pandora so every so often when it starts replaying some of the songs too much we change the channel you know mm-hmm. and uh we did uh somebody changed it and then all of a sudden we started hearing um uh superstitious by uh stevie wonder and like everybody just started kind of like grooving to it. I was like, you can't help but like, it's like you just can't help but start grooving to that song. My superstitions. Grinding's on the wall. Exactly. There's just nothing you can do. Like suddenly it comes on, you're just like, oh. I don't have a choice. It's taking over my body. In a good way. <laughs> right. In a sexy way. <laughs> I don't know how we ended up there, but okay. I I literally you ever have one of those moments where you just stop thinking? <laughs> like you just And you just start like living this. real. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus. Don't do that. Don't be don't be that person. I was still thinking of uh uh Emily Clark. Right. Anyway, <laughs> I wonder if she'll bring a dragon to the Star Wars movie because that's what it could. I'll, I mean, Star Wars is always already awesome as it is, but bring a dragon. I mean, that's listen, just next level shit right there. I'll bring the dragon if she'll tame it. You understand what I'm talking about? <laughs> right. Anyway, Fantastic Beasts and where you can find them. I kind of want to see this movie, and I've never been. I know I'm probably gonna piss people off. I'm not. I don't dislike Harry Potter. It's good. But I haven't been like, oh, fuck, Harry Potter. You know what I right. mean? Um, this movie looks dope. And I kind of like the main dude. Like, he's playing that kind of quirky. Oh, yeah. Eddie Redmayne. Kind of quirky but cool thing. Yeah. I don't know. I dig it. Um, had a strong first weekend at the domestic box office. What a shock. Uh, debuting in first place with $75 million. As noted by Variety, this first installment in a new five-part film series from Harry Potter author J.K. Rowling. Uh, boasted a sizable production budget of 180 million. Man, they're almost fucking there. That's just the first weekend. Yeah. While its opening weekend doesn't quite match those of Harry Potter films, Fantastic Beasts met Warner Brothers' expectations. It's nice to see Warner Brothers making some money. Because of anybody they, who needs it, they do. Right? right. Throw them a bone every once in a while. <laughs> This I mean, Disney on. Disney can't have all the money, you know. It's just like look how excited they are too. Yeah. This is dead on what we were looking for. <laughs> Warner Brothers president of domestic distribution Jeff Goldstein said, noting that Harry Potter and Fantastic Beasts are two different franchises, and comparing the two would be like comparing apples to kumquats. Okay. All right. Uh, for our th- thoughts on the film, uh, oh yeah, it, this is from IGN. So if you want their thoughts on the film, you can go fucking look at them. <laughs> Um, (laughs) meanwhile Doctor Strange slipped to second place after being the domestic box office leader for two weeks in a row I'm surprised it slipped to second place so soon to be honest well no when you have Harry Potter coming coming yeah that's true that's true Um, 
the latest entry in the Marvel Cinematic Universe earned 17.7 million during its third weekend in theaters. Trolls and Arrival both moved down. I to you meant, well. like trolls on the internet. <laughs> trolls be trolling, you know. Um, I want to see that Arrival movie too. That looks dope. Looks interesting, yeah. Yeah. Um, Trolls and Arrival both moved down a place as well, slipping to third with 17.5 million and fourth with 11.8 million, respectively. Um, Open Road's new boxing drama, Bleed for that, Bleed for this, had an, un- had an unimpressive debut yeah. this weekend, coming in eighth place with 2.4 million. Director Ang Lee's new Iraq War drama, Billy Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk, fared even worse. Earning just nine hundred and thirty thousand. Oh, you ain't even in the millions, bro. Edge of seventeen. I want to see new, that. The new teen comedy from STX. I'm just kidding. I don't even know what it is. Um, STX Entertainment also had a rough start, placing seventh. The film earned four point eight million domestically, making back just over half of its nine million uh, production bucket. Ooh, that sucks. Yeah. So here's the top ten. I don't know if people find this boring or not, but for whatever reason, I find it incredibly interesting to see I how always, good movies. I always came look. Out. Yeah, whenever yeah, I do I, it, I always look to see how they did. So, so when I get ready to talk shit on Monday, you know, sh- I know exactly what's going on, right? I'm gonna reverse. This list starts at one, but I'll I'll go down from ten. Yeah, you will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, shut it. <laughs> shut up, motherfucker. I'm speaking. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Number 10, oh. shut in, 1.6 million. Number 9, The Accountant, 2.1 million. I don't know if I want to see The Accountant or not. I don't know. I'm kind of on that fence, too. It's got my man Affleck in it. Right. But then I'm like, I got a 55-inch at home. I'll just see it when it comes out on Blu-ray. Um, I thought you were like, I got a 55-inch at home. I'm not sure what your dick size has anything to do with the movie, but okay. <laughs> uh, thank you for thinking that was my dick size. <laughs> Um, no, and you know what the funny thing is, is so my, I have a a friend of mine, um, who Steve knows and has met, uh, who has a voodoo account because I showed him because he's, he's the same age as me, but he knows nothing of technology. I have to fix everything. So I told him, I said, he always buys the Blu-rays when they come out. That's his thing. Right. You know? And I told him, you know, there's digital versions you're buying and you're not using and he's like oh okay so i showed him so now he gave me his voodoo account so now i sit here and go i could see this but i'm just gonna be able to see it for free when it comes out anyway so i don't know why (laughs) so why bother yeah and the accountant will be on that list uh number eight speaking of which speaking of which next week suicide squad extended edition finally yeah i heard the extended edition doesn't really add much though but still a good movie Mm -hmm. Number eight, Bleed for This, 2.4 million. Number seven, The Edge of 17, um, Steve's favorite movie, 4.8 million. Number six, Hacksaw Ridge, 6.8 million. I heard that was good. I don't even know what that is either. Um, Mel Gibson's I, I, I watched a video that had all the trailers for movies coming out, but it was all superhero movies. Oh. So I it's didn't just, it's a Mel Gibson. It. It's a Mel Gibson movie. Oh. Is he a lunatic in it? No, it's uh, he directed it. Uh, Andrew Garfield stars in it. It's, hmm. a, it's about a guy who's a pacifist who goes off to World War II. Oh, that does sound interesting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, number five, Almost Christmas. Got got to start the Christmas movies oh, Jesus. out. Jesus. Got to start them. 
Almost Christmas with 7 million. Number four, Arrival with 11.8 million. Number three, Trolls, 17.5 million. Uh, then Doctor Strange, 17.7 million. And Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them with 75 million. You know, the distance from one to two <laughs> is significant. But keep in mind, this is the third week for Doctor Strange. So basically, Fant- Fantastic Beasts came out with no competition for an open yeah. week. And the thing is, so, is that like Doctor Strange has already made 500 and some million globally already yeah. in the third it's already made its money back yeah so it doesn't really matter. and the thing is is that you know some are saying that like oh yeah um like it was tricky for the fantastic beast given the fact that it is a prequel series that was written by jk rowling for harry potter so nobody was sure if the like the um only diehard Harry Potter fans even knew it existed. Right, but also, you know, it was also that issue of will the Harry Potter fans come to check it out? And yeah. uh, so that's why they kind of, everybody was like, yeah, they've kind of kept it reasonable at an $80 million weekend uh, or $75 million. Because I think even Doctor Strange was $85 million. Like they revised yeah. it to 85 So, and that you're dealing with a more obscure comic book hero. But, you know, so I don't know. I, it's been getting pretty good buzz on that, and I'm kind of interested to see because I kind of want to see uh, Eddie Redman's take on it. And I like uh, Colin Farrell, you know, so... Oh, who doesn't? <laughs> right. Uh, depending on which accent he's giving at the time. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I would, I definitely want to check it out. But I, I figured I'd probably be checking it out probably closer to Christmas. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> it's like suddenly got quiet. Like, huh, okay. Um, I was solemnly waiting. Yeah. No, the uh, Edge of 17 is, uh, it looks funny because it has Woody Harrelson and it's this chick. Now that, I want to see it. Yeah, this chick, play, uh, this girl, she really likes, of course, it's like high school. She really likes this one guy and really just wants to like be with him and like she doesn't know how to do it. Like at one point they kind of fixed her up and she looked like Pedro from uh, uh, Napoleon Dynamite. And she even goes, I look like Pedro. <laughs> and, uh, you know, she said, the, like, the biggest, the biggest clear is in the, um, in the, uh, trailer where she's like, she's sending a text message. We should just, I hear you're working at this pet place. It'd be, I'd really like to come and see you and hang out sometimes. I mean, we can, you know, just talk or, you know, we can even do it in the back room. And then she's like, she goes, oh, I can't send that an accident. Of course, accidentally sends the text message and you hear, uh, and then the next she, she's sitting in front of, um, uh, Woody Harrelson and Woody Harrelson's reading the text going, yeah, really like, yeah, okay, it doesn't sound too bad. We can do it in the back room. Hmm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> mm. So I saw that. I was like, I, I, I kind of want to watch that because it's like every kid's like worst nightmare, you know? Yeah. Which is why I'm glad we didn't have text messaging back in the day. Oh my God. <laughs> you know what? We make fun of these people now, but we'd be doing the same shit. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. The same <laughs> shit. <laughs> bruh, bruh. bruh. The same, the same shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It'd be bad. Okay. All right. So, I guess on that note, it's time we dip into the poll list. You done? I don't know why I started singing. <laughs> I was like, we are the world. Like, I don't know why we're going into we the are... groove, man. What do you want from me? <laughs> Feeling superstitious. Right on the wall. 
<laughs> All right. So what is your pull list for this week, sir? So I got two two books this week that was um, we got preview copies from uh, from Titan graciously uh, through us a few. I feel like I should say that like <laughs> they were given to us, you know, it's not going to affect <coughs> how what I say about them. Right. But, you know, got to give a shout out for hooking because they up. gave us free shit and uh, they were amazing. Yeah. <laughs> by everything <laughs> titan greatest, greatest comic books ever written <laughs> magna but, carta um, fuck that the bible fuck that no <laughs> titan books you want to walk that back <laughs> yeah okay all right um <laughs> uh what i know what i had said about like 20 seconds ago may have seen inflammatory at best but uh i think uh okay maybe not like those type of books, but they're pretty fucking good. You know, I think every time, every time we walk something back <laughs> like that, you should add the sound clip of the cameras fucking like when, when the, the rewind, on TV, the, <laughs> like they're constantly taking pictures. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So the first one, I'm not going to say much about because this one actually doesn't come out until, um, Wednesday, this Wednesday. The twenty third. <laughs> um, so I keep forgetting that, like, you could be listening comes to comes out Wednesday, this you Wednesday, can to this at any moment. You the twenty third, <laughs> two thousand sixteen. Because um, <laughs> so, you never know, somebody's listening to the back catalog, you know. <laughs> right. So this one's called uh, "Masked," "Masked," um, and r- written by Sir Sergey uh, Lehman. And the art is from uh, Stephanie Creedy, I think is how you say C R E T Y. But the E has that thing over the top of it, <laughs> the little accent mark. Right. So who knows what it is? <laughs> um, this book was interesting. So it, it seems to be the there's a new superhero in town kind of book, but it's written in a very serious tone. Um, I just don't want to say too much because it hasn't come out. The artwork is great, really great. Um, and the writing was sound. I mean, it, there's a lot of confusion, though. It's one of those first issues where you don't quite know. You're thrown like, right in the middle of it. On. Right. Like, yeah. You, and the which is fine as long as they build on it in next issues. But um, good book. I, I would suggest it. You know, it was fine. <laughs> I just don't want to say. Right, was it fine? Was it fine? I'm sure. Look, it isn't out yet. All right. <laughs> um, now this next one is out, so I can say a little bit more. Doctor Who, twelfth year, two. No, Doctor Who, twelfth year two, issue eleven. Mm-hmm. So twelfth Doctor, year two, issue eleven. Um, this is also a. Don't have to glam make it glamorous. A freebie. Mm-hmm. Um, for for your enjoyment because they're giving it to us so we can talk about it um from titan uh writer is robbie morrison and art is morano laclustra 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 or whatever people need to simplify these fucking names okay uh, <laughs> or i need to you know be more well read who fucking knows <laughs> so this was th- this was another book where the artwork was off the chain like it's drawn realistically but not overly realistic you know what i mean like it it was it was really good and uh we're in i don't remember where we are but we're like in the 15th century about and there's some kind of like darkness 
inside people. Darkness, ladies and gentlemen, darkness. Darkness. <laughs> um, obviously, it's a Doctor Who book, so there's an alien presence. Um, and we're going through the mixes. We we get this full introduction, like of her backstory, of this opera singer chick who does not act very ladylike, especially for the time period. Um, likes to talk shit, likes to drink, likes to fucking fight, all that kind of shit. So basically, you know, a hot chick is, is what I'm trying to say. Um, they're at an after, they're at like a, an after party for her opera, her singing event. She's basically a pop star. Like that's how it comes off. Like she's a pop star. Um, yeah, basically. But but kind of like a regular chick, like a like a, like a tomboy chick. <laughs> I'm so sick of hearing about Beyonce. Um so I swear Beyonce could come on could come on camera and just say hello and people will think it was written by the Lord himself. Like get over it. Anyway, it's a whole different story. That's a whole different podcast. Yeah. Um so some people they're at the after party and and it says in her backstory that she was brought to Paris because they're oh they're in France, yeah. They're brought to Paris. And she, um, under the, under the promise that she'll act ladylike, which is not happening. Um, and he's the, her manager or whatever is complaining that she's bankrupting the company because they're only, they only have after parties after the first performance, not all of them. So then you come, she's coming downstairs and she's overhearing people in the crowd saying that her singing sucks. <laughs> and she kicks one dude in the balls, a couple jokes in between, of course. Right. That legitimately made me laugh. And then she's trying she's trying to get the attention of someone. Turn around, who is this doctor? It's it's the doctor. Right. The doctor. And he takes earbuds out and he goes, <laughs> Oh, sorry, I can't hear with these things turned all the way up. He's like, I was trying to drown out this dreadful noise from the <laughs> performance. And he just goes into it. And um so she wants to duel him, so she takes the sword out. You know, and he's like, Oh, um, I'm sorry, I don't Maybe we can have a battle of wits because I don't carry a sword with me. And everybody was like, here, you can use mine because no one <laughs> likes this chick. Right. Um, but then they get in trouble. The law comes up and it's like uh, dueling is forbidden in Paris or whatever. And um, the manager tries to tries to say, oh, no, she was just demonstrating. Blah, blah, blah. And he backhands that motherfucker, the cop. Blah! Dang. And um, but then you see that the darkness is in him, too. Darkness. <laughs> their eyes go black it's actually a really cool effect like when it when it was drawn mm -hmm. and then the doctor steps in and he uses the sonic screwdriver and he explains what he does and i don't remember what it is mm -hmm. and he takes the chick into the tardis and that's where that's where it ends but it it was good because it's written in in a in a doctor who way like it felt like an episode right just kind of smaller yeah. you know what i mean um and I'm actually I'm really looking forward for the next issue. I, I've never read a Doctor Who comic actually. I've I've only read um the Star Trek Next Generation crossover, which I didn't like. Mm. And it kinda turned me off a little bit to Doctor Who comics, but Well yeah, because like, you got you got two different types of Yeah, you, you know, know. Yeah. So yeah, that kinda you have to water down both of them to fit them both onto the page. But um yeah, I really dug this. Like, the writing was crisp as fuck, the artwork was great. Um, and Titan does this thing too, and I wanted to do the shout out to Titan, not because they gave me free shit, but because this was dope. Their their covers 
and they have variant covers and stuff like that, of course, but they're, they're covers. They don't have their insignia on it and, a, and all types of silly shit. It's, it's just artwork and the title, which makes it look really clean and really nice. Oh, right. Yeah. So I was like, you know, that's dope. Like, I wish they would all do that not just put issue numbers and just crazy shit. Like put this shit on the back or in the front cover or something like that. Like this, the, the, the front cover of, um, the doctor who book was the 12th doctor and he has sunglasses on. He's kind of bringing them down. It was almost like an eighties fucking montage kind of look. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I would put that in plastic, put up on the wall just cause it looks dope. Right. Yeah. You know? So be that as it may, it was a good book. Third book, I'm, I'm going on way too long. I'm sorry. Third book, this one's going to be really quick. Um, Thundercats and He-Ban, motherfucker. <laughs> Crossover at issue two. I totally forgot this was coming out, and I haven't even read the first issue yet, but I read the second issue. So the majority of... Roll. <laughs> that's right. Oh, it's He-Man, Thundercat. Sorry. Um, the first issue... The, the Most of the issue is, is a fight that He-Man's fighting, um, and he's fighting a lot of these monsters and shit. A lot of shit's getting talked. He-Man's funny. They keep thinking they got him down, and then he's like, bitch, and he just gets back <laughs> up. Uh, this witch chick casts a spell on him and says, I've increased your your density is increasing exponentially. I was like, oh, shit. And you see him sink into the ground, and then he just busts back up. Motherfucker, power of Grayskull, bitches. You know, just, he doesn't really say that, but he says something like that. And then um, it cuts. You, you're seeing... Um, uh, oh shit! What's his name? I'm blanking out. Skeletor. Oh, Skeletor. You see Skeletor somewhere else, like in a cave. And he's like fucking doing some magic shit in there or whatever. And then you finally, he has this concoction he's about to drink, and something on the wall. I can't. I I don't recall what it is, or they didn't say. Said, wait, wait, wait don't do it. I'll tell you, He Man. If you don't do it, I'll tell. I'll tell you He Man's true identity. And then great. Um. I keep wanting Skull. to call him Great Skull. That's why. <laughs> um, Skeletor goes. Uh, I don't need after I have after I'm done with this. I don't. I don't care who he is. Like basically, I was like, Ugh. <laughs> so he drinks it. He gets the power of Gray Skull, and he's just all ripped and shit. That it cuts back to He Man. He Man transforms back into Prince Adam. By the way, He Man was with the King at the time during this fight. Oh. And the King was going, "Where is my son? Where is my son?" And He-Man's like, oh, I don't know. He should be fine, you know. So he doesn't know his son's He-Man. So he turns into Prince Adam, and then he's like, Adam, and he's he's unconscious or something. And then it cuts back to Skeletor, and Skeletor's like, he's he's like, I'm the shit, you know, fucking, you know, doing the typical bad guy shit, flexing right. a little bit. And then it took three panels. Basically, something was said along the lines. Skeletor was saying, "Who can defeat me now?" Like that kind of shit. Mm. Then it took three individual panels to say thunder 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 <laughs> flip the page and motherfucking thundercats to the rescue and then that was the end of the issue this fucking issue just for that end part right is my favorite issue out of the three <laughs> like i was like what the fuck so right. i need to read the first issue but the cool thing was is, is skeletor is doing his whole like speech and it was like four pages long and it was good though. It was it was done like an adult was gonna read it, which makes sense to me because most kids today have no idea who He Man and the Thundercats are. Right, right. You know, so it 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 makes sense to write it for the adult crowd. Really digging it though. Uh, and it's put out by DC. Yeah, bruh. bruh. Oh, let me 
hold on. I'm fucking up. <laughs> the writer <laughs> is Lord Goldfine and Rob David, and art was by Freddie E. Williams the second. This motherfucker the second. The second. Um, doesn't that just make him a junior? Yeah, technically. You know what? I would say the second instead. <laughs> like <laughs> at Riley, father of, or son of. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> you have to do it. Son of Mog. What? Um, <laughs> that's it. That's my pull list. <laughs> So. Worf, son of Moog. Hey, keep an eye out for that mask, though, on the 23rd, because it was really good. And it's the start of something new. So, I mean, I'll have to check it out. Cool. Yeah. All right. So, my pull list this week uh, no particular order, just the three random comics I chose this week. First one is a Marvel title Thanos, number one, or Thanos. Thanos. I keep thinking of Thanos, the hand of death, or something like that. It's a, mystery, it's a mystery science theater. It's a it's a bad horror movie, but MST3K did something on it too. Uh, if you guys have been following the events of Marvel's Civil War II, you know that Thanos has been held prisoner after killing War Machine from the onset. Well, these new series will be coming after the end of the event, which still hasn't ended yet. While Thanos has been held prisoner, his kingdom has been left leaderless. Jeff Lemire fills in the gap with what happened in the in the dark quadrant in his absence Crovis Glaive who served as that um who served Thanos takes control of the region and people seem to like him as a ruler then Thanos comes re comes back to reclaim his throne and no one likes it he takes out everyone that stands in his way including Gravos who gives him two ways to die either by his own hand or by Thanos's hand at another part of the galaxy, Champion seeks out Star Fox to take him to a meeting of Thanos' son, Thane, to discuss a mission proposal. Kill Thanos. This is There is a major spoiler at the end, which provides, which is very, very interesting, and I'm curious to see how the story works out. The story itself has a lot, like the beginning has a lot of, a lot of action. Middle, especially when Champion seeks out Star Fox and they talk, uh, and then, uh, Thane talks to death at the, I don't know, three-quarter mark. So there's a lot of exposition there. Not as heavy action as you normally find out of a Marvel's, Marvel number one book, but very interesting, and then the plot lays out, and then it gives you that... I, I, I kind of don't... I don't want to say it, because it's still relatively new, and if you haven't if you have and you haven't checked it out yet, I don't want to ruin it for you. Uh, but I kind of dug it, and if you like Thanos, I recommend checking out the, uh, the title. But I kind of dug it. I'm kind of curious to see how they continue that in issue two hmm. number two doctor who eighth doctor collection volume one uh this one was out by titan and earlier this year they did have a eighth doctor miniseries of uh five issues and now this is the trade paperback for that so if you're a doctor who fan and you know we never got a long time of adventure with the eighth doctor unless you listen to the array of audio adventures but Titan Comics did a small series featuring the Eighth Doctor and a new companion. This trade bundles the five issues into a single volume. Josephine Day has been using an old house of the Doctors to paint and is disturbed when the Doctor arrives. In one of the stories, Josephine's paintings come to life. They're all five issues are all individual stories, but it features Josephine and the Doctor as he takes her on adventures. So, um, Josephine's paintings come to life 
Another one, a small village is attacked. A crystalline race is um, is uh, attacking another planet. There's another one where this magician is doing this act where people walk in a mirror and then come out the other side and then people say, you know, they always seem to come out differently and basically what it is, it's the, what goes in is the person and what comes out is the reflection of that person. Mm-hmm. And um, there's another one and the last one is a, is a race of people that are trying to, uh, it was kind of, the, the last story was a little convoluted, like I, I had a little trouble trying to follow it. But it had some pretty broad themes in there. And in the end, we find out that uh, Josephine was actually visited by another doctor. And he looked at him because in the beginning, he goes, she goes, well, where are you with this house? Like, how did you? Honestly, he, goes, he goes, well, I bought it. Well, not so much I bought it, but another me bought it. Uh, grumpy old sort, had a lot of frill, you know. And he's talking about the <laughs> first incarnation of him. And then... She goes that uh, she had met him before or somebody called the doctor before. And then he looks at her and he goes, a lot of white hair, bit of frill. She goes, no. He goes, an older man, kind of thin, bit of a Scotsman. So obviously they're referring to the 12th doctor. And as they're talking just outside the window, you see the 12th doctor looking in. And right next to him is Clara going, oh, you're such a softie, aren't you? And he goes, no, nonsense. I'm just... uh, I'm just curious to see how this all turned out. <laughs> so, um, much like the series, it does have a bit of a like. The, there's a lot of uh, soft colors to it. Um, a little childish in some ways, like you know, you're you're doing like a a, a kid story, but right. the story itself had a lot of deeper meanings, a lot of um, a lot of uh, deeper stories uh, in, going into it. So, um, but I, I thought it was actually cool because. You kind of get past that and you go right into the the deeper stuff and it really makes it kind of an interesting an interesting read so it was, it was very fun all different stories were all vastly different from one another the future space the past all that stuff so it was, it was really cool uh really cool uh book i would recommend picking it up and, and lastly sorry i had to move my chair and lastly we have another marvel book Die No More, The Clone Conspiracy Saga. Now, I read issue one um, last month, and I was going to do it on the show, but I just had some other books that I liked a little a little more to talk about. But I've read issue two, and, I'm actually, and then I've read um, Amazing Spider-Man, which is a tie-in to the series. And um, I kind of digging it, kind of digging it. Dan Slott has returned to the clone storyline that has always had a dark side in Spider-Man lore. Ben Riley, anyone? Um, at the mm-hmm. end of issue one, Spider-Man was trying to get behind a new drug that would repair people to perfect health uh, um, because uh, J. Jonah Jameson's father, who is married to um, Aunt May, passes away and they wanted to try to use this new drug on him. And Peter was was like, no, I, I know nothing about this. I, I can't do that. But J. Jonah Jameson wanted it to. But uh, Jameson's dad took Peter's advice over Jameson's. And passed away. Um, so during his research, Spider-Man runs into Gwen Stacy and fights hmm. uh, um, fights other deceased villains, Electro and Rhino. And at the end, he's attacked by Doctor Octopus. Well, Spider-Man gets into the details of the clone experience that has brought back many of the people that were killed during Spider-Man's career: Gwen, Captain Stacy, Doctor Connors, Martha Connors, 
Gene DeWolf, among others. And it seems that Warren's goal was to resurrect the villains to do good things. However, Gwen Stacy pulls out a gun, um, Captain Stacy pulls out a gun at Gwen, knowing that she isn't his daughter. But it seems that it is Spider-Gwen impersonating Gwen Stacy. Somehow Scarlet Spider needs to stop this cloning process that seems to have brought um, basically the zombie apocalypse in other alternate universes because Warren and Peter Parker team up to create this, uh, to improve upon his cloning process and they need to be stopped. So it's pretty, it's pretty, it's been pretty interesting. Like I've, I've enjoyed this and um, uh, in Amazing Spider-Man, I think it was 17, uh, it's the in-between book between Clone Conspiracy number one and two. I would recommend if you're going to pick that up, um, those two, Clone Conspiracy 1 and 2, I would recommend picking up that book because it actually gives how Doc Ock survived after Superior Spider-Man when Peter Parker reclaimed his body. And it kind of fills in the gap there as to why Doc Ock isn't technically a clone right? as opposed to the others. And issue one kind of goes into a little more, uh, or that issue two also goes into a little more of the cloning process. So it's actually been a pretty good read. Um, there are other tie-ins, I think, are Silk and Prowler. But I pretty much just stuck to those two books because I hate all those fucking tie-ins. And it bugs me now because it's getting to the point where it's if you have to know anything about it, you have to pick up those books, which I think kind of sucks. Tie-ins were fine when I didn't have to buy them. Yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> like when like, you can just fuck. get the main story and still be cool, you know? Yeah. So, <clears throat> so this one I thought was actually pretty interesting, but I liked it. I liked it, and I, I do definitely recommend uh, you at least pick it up and give it a, give it a read. So that is my pull list for this week. Um, for next week, I know we're going to be out and. I kind of wrote these reviews on the fly. I'm going to kind of tighten them up a little bit, probably Monday, and then post them up on the website because I did that last week with my pull list for last week. I posted them up online so you guys could read it and see a little bit of the artwork in it. Um, I'm going to do the same thing for this one, but I'm going to tighten it up. So probably tomorrow, maybe Tuesday, I'll get that pull list. But I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to do a pull list for next week. I'm just going to post it on the site since we're not going to have a show that week. I thought that might be kind of a cool thing for you guys, um, especially given that it's a holiday weekend. If you you know need to take a trip to the comic store and pick up something, I'm going to put my poll list up for, for next week up there so you can check it out. So, um, so yeah. I don't know if you're going to do I know you said something about possibly doing that, but I'm not sure. I don't know. Um, that's <laughs> the plan anyway. Right. Everything's always like the plan. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I don't like to commit to anything anymore. <laughs> Right. All right. So I guess. Oh yeah. The um the pull list for I was I'm sorry I was reading um my fucking uh my uh my douchebag or whatever um the pull the comic pull list to throw it up on the thing. Right. Yeah, I do plan on doing that. (laughs) This is how my brain works, people. I'm uh, (laughs) half anywhere. Right. (laughs) Some say it's multitasking. But really, it's just kind of half everywhere. Yeah, exactly. It's half everywhere. <laughs> You're, he's not fully committed to one simple task and simple project. 
exactly. That's good. There you go. You know, I, I think you should you should be flexible, as AMC <laughs> says. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So on that note, I think it's time we get into some douchebaggery. So my douchebag comes from nine to five Mac. And I'm just going to read the story from there. Apple today has launched a new repair program for the iPhone 6 Plus users affected by the widely reported on touch disease hardware flaw. The flaw centers around the iPhone's display becoming unresponsive and displaying a thin gray flickering line along the top. As part of the new program, Apple will repair affected devices for a flat service fee of $149. Apple writes on its website that it is determined that some iPhone 6 Plus units are plagued by the problem. The company, however, attributes such issues to the device having been dropped multiple times on a hard surface rather than a manufacturing flaw. The issues were reported back in August and with an in-depth investigation describing the affected iPhone 6 Plus models as ticking time bombs just waiting to act up. Apple writes the following concerns, uh, the following concerning the issue, quote, Apple has determined that some iPhone 6 devices may exhibit display flickering or multi-touch issues after being dropped multiple times on a hard surface and then incurring further stress on the device. If your iPhone 6 Plus is exhibiting the symptoms noted above, it is, is in working order and the screen is not cracked or broken, Apple will repair your device for a service price of $149. Apple also says it will be contacting customers who have already paid for repairs to refund them the difference. The, uh, the otherwise outrage um, encourages customers who think they might be affected to contact the company. In order to have your vice, device repaired, you can visit either an authorized Apple service provider, an Apple retail store, or contact Apple technical support and send in your damaged device. It's unclear how affected customers will respond to Apple's repair program, seeing that there's a 149 charge associated with getting this device repaired. Apple has been hit with multiple class action suits concerning the issue, so it is interesting to see how the new repair program affects those lawsuits. If your device is affected by touch, the touch disease, you can head to Apple's website now to start the process of getting your phone repaired to working order. Apple's fucking sucks. <laughs> like, I don't understand. I don't know. I mean, to sit there and say, like, oh, well, it happens if you drop it multiple times. Who doesn't drop their phone? I'm, and I guarantee fucking to you, all the Apple phones before that probably were dropped a lot worse than these are. And those didn't have that little thing. I'm like, no, it's a fucking flaw. But Apple doesn't like to exist um, to admit to any of those type of issues. I wish they didn't like to exist. <laughs> My fucking nerves, dude. Uh, anyway, I heard something. I didn't read the article, but <coughs> I guess the iPad may possibly take away a feature that everyone loves too. You know that fucking Apple makes over 30 dongles now? Yeah. I heard That's that. Ridiculous, dude. I know, because they got rid of the USB connector and now it's, you got to get dongle upon dongle to get it to connect. They keep going, oh, we're just, we're leading the way. No, you're fucking not. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're changing it. the world. No, you're not. You're just pissing everybody off. Exactly. Anyway. <laughs> this, I had it, this from Huffington Post. I thought you were going to say this motherfucker. I had to pick this because one, it's funny as shit. And two, it's funny as shit. So let's go. <laughs> 
I'm going to read the article. He's a real pizza work. Victim uh, wow. Baltimore County police are looking for a man who broke into a pizza restaurant last Thursday uh, morning while naked. I find it weird when people say pizza restaurant. Like to me, it's pizza joint. Like <laughs> the place where you get pizza. Like or it's not pizzeria. a restaurant. Yeah, or a pizzeria. Like restaurant hmm. like jesus it's like you're trying to class up little caesars come on like, what are you doing? It. It's, it's just pizza right you know? pizza's important <laughs> yeah <laughs> don't get me wrong right you know? adam riley 2020 um <laughs> it didn't start that way uh the robber was clothed when he entered when he entered uh, oh i didn't read the fucking most important sentence the dude broke into the pizza place naked as shit Thursday morning, naked. Didn't start that way. The robber was clothed when he entered Slice Pizza through an air vent. But he stripped naked when he got inside, according to CBS Baltimore. Surveillance video caught the burglar uh, with his pants down, off actually. And yes, the suspect's own sausage and meatballs are clearly visible. Oh. <laughs> the naked thief. Uh, managed to damage a vent hood and several registers, but he didn't eat any pizza and he didn't take any dough. Just a water bottle from the store, according to wow. ABC2 News. Uh, <laughs> Hold on. Let me gather my shit. <laughs> Yanni Rizzas, uh, who owns Slice Pizza in Townsend, admits he did, he did a double take when he came to the restaurant a couple hours after the break-in. Quote, seeing it was weird Seeing it was weird, knowing that somebody was naked running around the store, Riza told local stations WBAL-TV, everybody's mouth just dropped and we couldn't help but yeah, laugh because yeah, that dick was swinging. <laughs> because that's something that doesn't happen every day. It's funny to see that. Thank you. Um, <laughs> the saucy surveillance video <laughs> is below but has been blurred. So, you know, if you go to Huffington Post, and you can find it. It's in our show notes too. Keep it real. Police are asking for help finding the thief. Anyone in the area with that information, call 410-307-2020. In addition, the restaurant is offering a lifetime of pizza for information that nabs the naked robber. <laughs> um, so that's it. He didn't steal anything with a bottle of water. What the fuck? Um, well, I guess he hit, hit up the registers because he broke the registers. But, but, I mean, if you're going in there naked... Let me watch the surveillance video. Then it's kind of like... Then it's kind of like you clearly weren't of sound mind. I'm watching the video right now. He is naked. And Maybe, of course, what, he's stuck loading. There we go. You know what would be funny is if he, like, you know, like rubbed his dick on everywhere, like where they make the pizzas and like where they, you know, roll the dough out and stuff like that. You, you're going to have to go that thing head to toe because you don't know what he's done. He got naked and then put like an apron on his head. But the video isn't – my computer has issues. Like YouTube is fine, but any video that isn't from YouTube, it doesn't want to load it. Oh, that's weird. Especially – oh, this is a Facebook video. I don't load Facebook videos. Yeah. I don't know why. Whatever. <laughs> but seriously, get your life together. Yeah. <laughs> but seriously, if you're going into a, a pizza place, don't go in naked. Just don't. Yeah, just stop it. You hmm. know what I mean? Like just don't do that. <clears throat> Well, uh, we're doing pretty good on time right now, so I think I'll screw that up. Um, it appears Amador left us a question. Ooh. So, 
He goes, damn, I had a question for you guys. If it's too late, I understand, but here goes. If you have the power to do one movie for DC or Marvel for an obscure superhero, who would it be and why? Thanks again, and happy Thanksgiving to you guys. Fuck. <laughs> who would you do, dude? I know. I When he gave me that, I was like, fuck, you always got to put those kind of things on there. Um, of an obscure hero? It's like... It has to be a hero, or it has to be uh, no an obscure character. Yeah, an obscure yeah. character. Um, I'm trying to think of like some some of those that I've liked and stuff like that in the past. I mean, I don't know. I. I <laughs> you sound so pissed off. I don't know. Nah, I mean, I'm just like like my mind is like. You know, going blank on on some of the. I already have one too. We'll go for it. The Sentry. Hmm? It's basically Marvel Superman, but he's. It's it. I don't even have to lift off powers. He's basically Marvel Superman. But the cool thing that makes it different is, he has this thing called the darkness inside of him, mm-hmm. and he has to keep it at bay at all times, because if it takes over, he'll lose his mind. So it's this interesting fucking dynamic. And I, I used to read the book. And it's never been that popular of a character. I, I think it's because people, they think of it as Marvel's hack on Superman. Right. But it's really, he's really dope. Like, he he wears, like, a, a fucking yellow. He wears a yellow outfit. He even has an S. It's not on his chest, though. It's over his abdomen. Because <laughs> you know, like, that's it's, different. It's such a fucking knockoff. But it's... I don't know. I, I always dug that character, but that movie would never happen because it's so close to Superman. Right, yeah. You get hit with so many lawsuits. I, I'm completely blanking on an obscure hero that I would want to see. I mean, you know, it's just like... Ooh, who's that one That one you like that you said it was Marvel's Batman? Like Moon Knight or something? Oh, no, that was DC. That's DC now. Of the Authority? Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah, oh, okay. Moon Knight. Well, he was. Well, basically, he is like, and I guess because DC owns it, it's like, I mean, that would be a really cool. Yeah. Well, it's like you know, um, you know, yeah. I mean, it would. It is. It's basically, you know, Batman without the predilection for killing people and, you know, all that shit. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, that would never happen either because everybody would nobody would bother to read the original, you know, you know, the the source material. Everybody would be like, you know, oh, it's just gay Batman if Batman was gay and killed people. And Apollo, which is their Superman basically. I mean, that would be the only thing I yeah, I mean, that if I had more time, I could come up with cooler ones, but the century would be dope. Um Oh, there's, there's so the problem is there's so many. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're just like fuck. I can't even think of one that I would I would absolutely want to see in a movie. Right, right. They need to make a new Howard the Duck flick as a private <laughs> eye. Yeah, I said it. Right. Um, shit. It's just so well. Many. I mean, you know, even if we go with like non obscure, you know, even like a good Fantastic Four movie. Yeah, you or know. a good Green Lantern movie, but that's on its way. Well, well, if you believe the rumor, movie is on its way. well, yeah, the, that. But you know, the rumor that he's going to be in Justice League, we'll see. Um, but yeah, I mean, 
actually, it's not an obscure character, but I think it would be kind of a cool little bit, and it would never happen because I I would actually there was a time when you know people go back with me here, um, uh, travel back <laughs> travel back to a time, uh, Marvel superhero Secret Wars, uh, classic. Uh, classic adaptation or classic uh, you know Marvel event um, but at the end of it when people were going back to their, their earth like Spider-Man got his new costume and the Fantastic Four were going to head back Thing didn't go back with them Thing stayed on that planet he said he wanted to, to kind of be there and be by himself and She-Hulk ended up taking over his spot on the Fantastic Four I would like to see him there. Yeah, like that would be kind of cool because the the his his solo title, the thing, what went on with him on that planet. I thought that would kind of be a cool, you know, a, a a cool thing. You know who else would be cool? Just thought of Doctor Fate. Oh yeah, there you go. Which you could <laughs> argue is I don't know who came first, but you could argue well. When you could argue he's DC's Doctor Strange, but when did Doctor Strange come out? Probably sixties. Because Doctor Doctor Fate came out in nineteen forty. Yeah. So, I guess Doctor Strange is Marvel's Doctor Fate. Um, whatever. Who cares? There's, there's <laughs> only, just because you see similar characters on both sides of the fence doesn't mean they're copying each other. There's only so many powers right. you can come up with. Um, Dr. Fate's dope though like I even pulled up the Wikipedia just because I kind of forgot some of his powers but Dr. Fate possesses various powers such as spell casting, flight, super strength and invulnerability, telekinesis tele- telepathy, pyrokinesis and lightning manipulation um, Fate's magic manifests in the shape of Egyptian hieroglyph- hieroglyphics like that would just be dope Like, <laughs> and Dr. Fate's one of the ones now like in DC when he shows up everybody just stops like they're mm-hmm. like fuck because he always has bad news. <laughs> right. He's always like, look, I know some shit. <laughs> right, <laughs> you don't right. need to pay attention. <laughs> uh, that'd be funny. So, Dr. Fate would be dope. All right. Well, um, so that's kind of who we can come up with on the fly. Uh, but, you know, maybe during the break, we'll think of something, maybe return to that and see if we can. Ooh, Booster Gold. I've heard that they were real, but but I heard that they were going to possibly that was one of the characters that was possibly being researched to actually go to either to go to TV. Booster Gold's story is dope. Like he's, I think he was a prisoner or something in the future, and then he stole the Booster Gold outfit and went back in time with it and purported himself as a hero, and then he just became a hero. Oh right. So he has a very like, look at me, look at me, I'm being a hero <laughs> kind of attitude. Right. Like I thought he was dope. He's been in a couple of the animated movies, hmm. but there's just so many. <laughs> right. Um, I would like to see a Hawk and Dove done correctly. <laughs> I know he was. They were in. They're sort of in. Um, Heroes of Tomorrow, or whatever. Oh right. But I wasn't happy with what I was seeing. Um. So, I like to see Cloak and Dagger. Ooh, Cloak and Dagger be dope too. Yeah. Oh, dude, Dazzler. Yeah, the dad. Oh shit. See now <laughs> we're now we're now we're kind of flowing with it. You know what I mean? Like, um, oh, there's so many. There's so many. 
Calendar Man. Give Calendar Man a movie. <laughs> you like, and Calendar Man, dude. It's always do it, it always goes back to Calendar Man. <laughs> All right. Actually, oh, <laughs> I just thought of one. Mm-hmm. And this is this is probably the most obscure comic book character that I'm ever gonna think of, ever. Hold on, real quick. Before I even say anything, let me. You gonna ask Google? Just so I can. Re- okay. All right, I got it. Yeah. The Crazy Quilt. <laughs> Let me read the synopsis. One of Batman's earliest supervillains, Crazy Quilt is a dude who is crazy and worse, and whose outfits looks like a multicolored quilt. As you can see, he's rather aptly named. This is a really bad synopsis. He was a painter who moonlighted as a criminal. He was blinded by a gunshot wound and underwent an experiment to restore his vision but instead left him only being able to see bright colors so vivid that they drove him insane. He got a helmet that can hypnotize people with bright colored lights and shoot laser beams. So with the helmet and the newfound insanity, he took on the name Crazy Quilt to be a thorn in Batman's side. Yeah, this villain stayed firmly in the golden age, (laughs) but he's just so ridiculous. And I couldn't remember who he was. I just remembered there was a guy named Crazy Quilt. (laughs) <laughs> and there's crazy quilt <laughs> i don't even want to see that movie right all right so like amador we want to hear your words you can comment on all of our uh, social media havens uh go ahead just say hi tell us your thoughts ask us a question we'll pretty much talk about anything we're whores we'll do that um so facebook google plus instagram or even snapchat um or twitter also uh at the lazy geeks for all of those um, you can go ahead and find me on the interwebs on Twitter at a middle age geek, Instagram, middle age underscore geek, or check out my blog, the middle age geek.com. And I'm always where I always am <laughs> Twitter at sapien TLG. All right. So be sure to tune in on Thursday for the away team podcast conspiracy. Our second to final episode of the illustrious season one. Uh, we are dropping it on Thursdays, so in case you have to travel for on the holiday or you're one of those douchebags that will be hitting up those Black Friday openings and are waiting in line. Italics on the douchebag. Douchebag. <laughs> and that is it for us this week. We will be off next Monday for the holiday, and we'll be back with a fresh new episode on Monday, December 5th. So until then, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. This has been a production of the Lazy Geeks Network, available only at thelazygeeks.com. Goodbye.